All right. So anybody who thought that they were done with the More Later podcast is suddenly disappointed to see one posted. Now all those people who feel obligated to listen are now obligated to listen again. <laughs> but don't feel obligated to listen. If you don't like it, don't listen. You're dumb, but don't, <laughs> but don't listen. Like you have poor taste. You don't know entertainment. But, you know, if you don't want to listen, don't listen. We took a few episodes off, but we're back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, like, a little break. absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Mm-hmm. So they should be super excited to be hearing from us right now. Right. Now, they were probably uh, eagerly waiting, you know, wondering what we had planned, wondering what would be on this upcoming episode. And uh, here we are. I hope that they didn't think that we ran out of ideas. No. Because that's that's not what happened. And honestly, we begin each one of these episodes with very, very few ideas anyway. I know. (laughs) Back when we, uh, back in the the, uh, first ones, probably the first couple months, we had a huge list and we're going through it going through it and as we've uh honed our craft here we are (laughs) come in with maybe one or two ideas and i know on a couple of occasions zero right uh, no we wing it and that's pretty much what it's like hanging out with us (laughs) i i like that you say we honed our craft yep that's right which I mean, I guess it's a, I guess, I guess it's a craft just sitting here and talking mm-hmm. and, and, uh, making it somewhat relevant or. Well, yeah. I mean, like, have you ever tried to have a conversation with somebody who's, um, you know, pragmatics aren't that sharp? <laughs> I've, yes. Mm-hmm. I've, um, I've been having conversations recently um, with, in situations where people just cannot have conversations, you, you wonder like, how do these people, what do you do in day-to-day life? Like you have nothing to say. You just have not, you just, there's, you have, there's nothing what's going on. And that's quite frustrating. So, uh, luckily that's not the case with us. Yeah. So we're, we're back for another episode and, um, Thanks for listening, and th- I'm, I'm making it sound. <laughs> wouldn't it be something if if that was that was the whole episode? Right. Okay. <laughs> like, this is- we really honed our craft there. <laughs> yeah, we crammed it all in three minutes. Right. That's kind of what it sounded like I was doing right there. But that's no. We're just getting warmed up. Um. All right. Let me um mention something that is just. I never thought about, but I was in, I was driving the other day mm-hmm. and many, many of our first stories and start off with either me or you driving, I've noticed, or me or you in the grocery store, right. but you know, you get stories where you can get them. And this lady in a luxury SUV ahead of me mm-hmm. in, in the drive-thru, the McDonald's drive-thru, because I'm back to my Diet Coke addiction. Completely oh, yeah. Completely out of control. Welcome back, um, buddy. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's 
it's normal to spend a hundred dollars a month on McDonald's Diet Coke, right? That's not a problem. Sure, sure. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's well, fine. Mean, no, no, we're in different times now. You're probably not spending as much money because I mean we're no, I right. you're still not like heading out much. So yeah, if you're buying pop for a hundred bucks a month, you're fine. <laughs> so the the test will be can i rein it in after all of this is over and i've i've reined it in before so we'll right. we'll do it again we'll 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 tighten the belt a little bit um but i was in line getting my obligatory diet coke and this luxury suv in front of me had a license plate it didn't make sense. I thought it was just gibberish at first, but then like when I looked at it, I understood what it said. And it said, I T I T H E. I tithe. Okay. Which tithe is like giving money to the church, right? Okay. I, sh- I should have made sure. I, I know that that's what it is. Right. So that's great. If you want to give money to your church, fantastic that's a very giving selfless thing to do like the the whole like 10 percent or whatever some people do like if you do it great but don't you cheapen it a little bit by making it your license plate yeah like (laughs) it's a like a look at me yeah or how good i am or like a justification for the vehicle like hey no, I've oh, got the yeah. Benz, but in, but I pay the church too. I don't right. know. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking advertising. Like goodwill is kind of annoying. It's so annoying right? to me. And but you know, this kind of goes back to one of our conversations that we had in early March about in an episode about how there, somebody did a study and found that people who drive luxury cars actually are bigger assholes than Mm -hmm. people who don't drive luxury cars. Right. And, you know, I'm really skeptical of that theory, but in this particular instance, like, I think if your license plate says I tithe, you're an asshole. Right. And I don't know if, what if it was a, like a priest or like bishop or something they're like hey (laughs) right then they they don't tithe because they get all their money from the church (laughs) yeah i mean it's to me it's it's akin to like people who give money to a university to -hmm. build a building and then want their name on the building right yeah like okay that's great and like everybody you know oh look at me i get or you know you you give money to a school and they name the school after you yeah and it's okay that's great you have a lot of money make my penis bigger (laughs) put it on a building right like like um you know jim hamilton center and if um jim hamilton's listening this is coincidental okay i, <laughs> right. I was gonna say don't you know jim hamilton no <laughs> <laughs> um well there was a uh there was a a specific building at a specific university that was built about 10 or 12 years ago mm-hmm. 
and they put the name of the people that donated the money for the building. And then it was decided that the letters weren't big enough. Okay. So they, they took the letters down and put up bigger letters with the name of the people that did that. that. <laughs> right. And I, you know, I would like to think that it's an aesthetic reason that they did it, that it just looked awkward to have smaller letters. And it wasn't that the, the donors were like, I need my name bigger, you know? Right. But who knows? It could, it could have been anything. All right. I was going to try to hide this, but I'm just going to put it right up to the microphone mm-hmm. and open this can. Okay. What'd you drink? There you go. A sound effect. Um, not Diet Coke. This is a, a beer by Platform Beer Company in Cleveland, Ohio. Platform Beer Company. And uh, what is it? I've never heard of Platform in Beer IPA Company. IPA or? Yeah, it's okay. called Inside My Head, which I thought was very apropos for this podcast because that's what this is. We're inside our head. So it's a small, small batch IPA. It's delicious. Is it very yeah. good? It's uh it's quite fruity. Um and the can, you know, a lot of the beer that I buy, it's just on the can design or the bottle design or the bottle bottle cap design or whatever. And most of the time I'm not disappointed, and this time I'm not either. How about you? What are you drinking? We're we're early in the episode for the what are you drinking, but what are you yeah. drinking? Um, I am drinking a uh, bourbon buck, which is um, uh, a.k.a. a uh, Moscow mule, but bucks. Actually, bucks are just the main requirement for a buck is wine juice and ginger beer or ginger ale, whatever the person has on hand. But you can change the base. So, I mean... You can have a bourbon buck, gin buck, tequila buck, rum, but whatever you want. Um, um, I'm not sure why. Why it also has as the uh, m- the Moscow Mule name. I know that Moscow Mules use uh, vodka, but that would make it a vodka buck. So, so I want to look into hmm. why. So. And where did you, like, do you make these regularly or did you just see this and you're like, yeah, I'm going to make that? Uh, it's uh, uh, it's really easy. So I've been drinking okay. them for a while. And the, then there are also Ricky's. So Ricky is any base lime juice, but club soda. Okay. So, and then if you want to take it out of take it out a little bit more of Collins like Tom Collins it's right just lemon juice club soda then a base so Tom Collins is gin John Collins is bourbon and then ah. you know if you want to take it out like tequila maybe it's uh Latin name Collins I don't know like Jose <laughs> Collins. I don't want to get racial on here, but I, I, I mean, I don't, yeah. Um, man, you almost, you almost sound like you know what you're talking about, Brian. Kind of, yeah. But but the Moscow, obviously Moscow, the vodka, I understand that, but I don't know why 
they felt the need to change from the buck category. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. tasty. It's a it's a good, easy summer drink. Uh, easy to make. It'll take you like 30 seconds to, or like a, a yeah. minute at most. So, yeah. Yeah. I have to get back into the mixed drinks. I was all about the mixed drinks there for a month or two. And yeah. then, and now lately it's just been all beer all the time. Beer, so. hey, well, I mean, whatever your, your palate calls for. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, it, I don't know. Call calls for a lot all the time is the problem. <laughs> well, speaking of, so f- from a food perspective, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I was into this when we did the last episode. Maybe I, I might've just started it, but lately I've become obsessed with radish and butter sandwiches radish and butter so it sounds like you're trying to put yourself in the early like 1930s like deep into the depression when people <laughs> ate like onion sandwiches so, so i so the end so it's an interesting combination of right. like like the the butter and the heat from from the radish and the crunch it right what, it's where did you pick this new habit up at? Well, so I I, I subscribe to this uh, to the New York Times cooking app, mm-hmm. and I get they send out emails a few times a week of like what you should cook, and um, one of the things that they mentioned the other day or a couple weeks ago was radish and butter sandwiches, and I was like, that sounds that's not cooking. First of all, like you don't cook the sandwich, like it's to me, cooking, you need heat. Like, right. You don't cook a salad. Right. You prepare it. But so I, I I felt like they were, you know, taking the easy way out by proposing a radish and butter sandwich. But um, but then I, I looked at the at the recipe and it's a simple recipe. Like they said, you know, essentially uh, radishes and butter and good crusty bread. And that was it. But they had the recipe they called for would make four sandwiches. And what they have in mind is like crusty, like a, like a baguette or something like a crusty baguette that you would then cut into four sandwiches. So like a three inch long piece of bread that you put butter and radishes on. And so you have the crunch of the radish, the, the like chewiness of the bread and then the butter, the fattiness of the butter. So like it all sounded great. But then I looked at it more closely and for four sandwiches, they called for 12 tablespoons of butter. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. So that's three tablespoons of butter per sandwich. And that's like one stick of butter is. One stick is eight tablespoons. It's eight. So you're 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 taking a, a stick and a half of butter for four sandwiches. So almost half a stick of butter per sandwich. Wow. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm not doing that. Like, if I'm gonna eat that much fat, I'm just gonna eat like cheesecake or raw cookie dough or I don't know. Or like French fries. Fat, yeah. Yeah, or ju- or just fat. Right. Or just like you said, just scrape the fat off the top of a bowl of chili and eat that. 
I'm not going to eat it in a radish and butter sandwich. So I modified it and I, I don't even use butter. I use Brummel and Brown's yogurt spread, which I'm addicted to too, but, and, and some light bread. So my version did is. Did you try it with uh, butter? I did try it with oh. butter and it's good. It is good, but I just, I just like the flavor of Brummel and it's lower calorie and it's, it's uh, like creamier kind of. Um, but I'm eating like four of these sandwiches a day. Like <laughs> some days, some days, literally it's all that I'm eating is radish and butter. Sand. I'm eating like on average about a pound of radishes every two days. Do you, um, radishes have, have, uh, gastro intestinal implications? Not that I've experienced. No, no. burping. I mean, like. No, not yeah. nothing. And what I have Heartburn. experienced, though, nope. nope. I have experienced a wide range in, um, I, it's not spiciness, but I'll say spiciness. You know, that, that like radish yeah. heat or whatever yeah. it has. Um, and like some of them are, are quite spicy and some of them are just like almost nothing at all. Hmm. And this like to me the spicier i mean a radish is never going to be super spicy but sometimes you can bite into it and it'll like cleanse your um sinuses a little bit you know and those are the really good ones but um if you can make a radish and butter sandwich it it like it, you're right it does it sounded so simple and you're you're completely right that it sounds like depression era stuff um but Sometimes that's the good stuff, right. you know, and you, well, just, you just have to absolutely go simple. Like, like with your, uh, with your simple, uh, fatty bologna from, from, uh, Rob's, uh, what is it? Deli? Rob's yeah. Deli? Rob, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, um, one of my favorite, or, or I have two favorite butter, um, stories. One of them, I think I told on here a while back when I was, talking about liverwurst um one of my old bosses at al <laughs> would would eat like liverwurst on white bread with like half a stick of butter and i mean I, at the time i was like that's fucking gross but that like now i'd be like oh yeah and then one of my brother's friends like years ago told me he he like loves eating and but he told me his uh mashed potato recipe so like <laughs> doesn't use milk at all uh -huh. so which is a common ingredient in uh, mashed potatoes but he he uses a pound of butter per pound of potato oh my god oh god so so i'm like Jesus. What do you like? What do they taste like? I asked him, and he's he just says a, a creamy, buttery heaven. Like, yeah, I would imagine so. Know, I haven't ever like, like I want to try that, but I mean, it just like like once to <laughs> check out what it's like. You, well, we need to like, well, like a five that one to one is insane, right? It's like. A five pound bag of potatoes isn't that much, but like, if you think of five packages of butter, 
Right. Like, great Scott, that's a lot of butter. Man. All right. Well, this is this is definitely another thing for our um our uh what do we call it like the when we have to report back like our follow-up episodes yeah well we have, and we have to try it and see we've been teasing the millions of uh listeners with the follow-up podcast yeah. we have to execute this it, it's it's gonna happen it's gonna happen soon but okay we let's make it happen by the end of july okay it's reasonable so Keep listening, come back for the future episodes, and you'll you'll hear us talking about uh, microwave cooking, chicken sandwiches, uh, bologna taste-off, um, and various other things that we have to follow up on. Right. Pound, pound of butter and pound of potatoes now, apparently, too. Yep. I mean, it. you can't go wrong with butter and potatoes, so... Uh, absolutely. Now, I mean, I mean... Butter is just good. I mean, it like mm-hmm. <clears throat> doesn't like don't some like county fairs like deep fry butter and sell it? <laughs> right, that would be a, that would be awesome. I mean, I have mm-hmm. never had like like I love butter, but like deep frying it and and just eating it, I probably couldn't do that. But I mean, no, yeah. I'm full of surprises. So you got. <laughs> got to draw the line somewhere maybe i'd like um, what, what were you gonna say maybe i would actually actually uh like it maybe yeah <laughs> which would then be worrisome because like that's a you know you talk about sometimes treats that's that's a like very rarely treat you right, know? Once, right. every, once every five years you can have a, a, a bite of deep fried butter um <laughs> So I have this list of things that I want to do with the kids this summer. And one of the things is homemade butter and we haven't done it yet. And I looked up, looked it up the other day and it like, it's so simple. Like it's, you know, you just, and I, I know this from making my own whipping cream, my own whipped cream. Like if you pour cream in like a mixer and then just let it go, it becomes whipped cream. And if you let it go too long, it becomes butter. Okay. But, um, I don't, I, I don't have a mixer. I don't have a food processor, so we're going to make it just by shaking it. So that will be a little bit more of an undertaking, just like, you know, the kids are going to have to take turns just shaking this cream until it turns to butter. So we'll see if we can get butter made before their arms fall off. Um, one of the other things on this list, I want, I know, I know our friend Adam, listens to this and his his wife kelly listens to this we did adam made some knot tying videos adam's very into scouts scouting and he made some videos about how to tie different like basic knots and kind of some some more advanced knots too and he sent them to me and we had a blast sitting around just doing all of these knots very cool and so the number one thing that makes a good knot is that it has to be easy to tie, but also easy to untie. Yes. Which I never think about because, like, is there anything more aggravating than trying to undo a knot that you can't 
get on like think about when your shoes get in a knot and you can't undo it mm-hmm. like i mean maybe it doesn't happen to adults it's probably mostly my kids shoes that i'm trying to undo so so it makes sense that that's a quality that you want but um did you practice it then we're well my uh my daughter's like hey we we, we have to keep practicing these so we get we get better at them and my son's like, we're not going to remember it just from doing it a couple times. Yeah, we're not. But if we keep practicing it, we'll get the. I don't even. I don't even remember like what they're called. Sheep, sheep shank, and I don't know all of these other all of these other knots. Um, here, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. In case you want to learn how to do knots, um, look up knots and lashings on. YouTube, YouTube Troop 122, and you'll find some awesome videos about how to tie knots, if, if that's something you want to experiment with. Another thing that we did, Brian, you'll be into this for sure with your pyromania past, just like me. <clears throat> Another thing on the list was to start a fire without using matches. Oh, yes. So, and you, you did this, right? When you went camping with Adam, you, you used the friction method and made, or no, you use Flint, right? Yep. Flint. We used uh, Flint and, um, Kenley and, uh, Charclaw. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, I, I didn't have any Flint, so we weren't going to do that. So we, we tried the friction method with wood. We couldn't quite get that to work. We were close. We had, we had a little bit of smoke, a little bit of smoke, a lot of um, like heat hot to the touch on the wood. Mm-hmm. But so we were on the, on the right, you know, on the right track, but we just couldn't get it, get it, get it going. But what we did get to ignite was using a magnifying glass and just using the sun to zero in that mag- the the using a magnifying glass to zero in the sun's rays on some um, paper that we, we tried on leaves and they just weren't dry enough. But actually, what it was was a McDonald's cup carrier, like those cardboard cup carrier things, and then put put in some paper too. But we actually started a fire with a magnifying glass. Oh shit! Nice. It was awesome. It, it felt like such an accomplishment, <laughs> you know, like we didn't, I, I understood like Tom Hanks in Castaway where he's like, I have made fire. Like, yes, it's awesome. It is. The only thing with that is like, you obviously need a sunny day. It doesn't work on a cloudy day because right. you need like direct sun's rays. So the friction method is still better. But Adam sent me this other video of this dude who basically takes two wooden planks like six inch wide wooden planks puts some kind of fiber in between them it looked like gauze i don't think it is gauze it might be what did you say you guys used char cloth yeah it might just be char cloth and he he just like put it in there and then rubbed the wood back and forth like not like hard but not for very long like 30 seconds or so and the cloth just starts smoking a little bit. And then he puts it in this nest of pine needles and just, and it's barely smoking. Like it's smoking just a little bit, but he's like, yeah, that's enough. And he puts it in this nest of pine needles. Mm-hmm. And then like a few minutes later, it's a flame. Wow. So like, apparently if you have just like a little bit of smoke 
And if you can nest it correctly and just build up the heat and have just the right amount of fuel, it will eventually ignite, which is just amazing to me, you know? It is. They're, they're, I mean, it's, it's, it's very satisfying. Yeah. I mean, building your own fire, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you can do it quite easily with matches and lighters and whatever, but um, it's not nearly as satisfying. Right. Well, here's, here, here's a good, um, here's a good opportunity for a story that we can tell that we could have told when on our mobile episode last time, but um, we can tell the story about when we built a little bomb. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) So it turns out if you take a tennis ball and cut a, a like one inch slit in the tennis ball and then take some regular wooden like kitchen matches and cut off just the ends of the matches, the the part that lights, just cut off those and stuff those into the tennis ball until you can't stuff any more. So it's going to take like, I don't know, a couple hundred or something, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how, how, I don't know how many we used. Yeah. But if you stuff all those matches into a tennis ball and then maybe just put a piece of tape over the slit after it's stuffed. You, so you have a, a rock hard tennis ball that's filled with these match heads. And then you take that tennis ball and you just like throw it on the ground. Cool stuff happens. Like it just kind of ignites. And then like the, the individual match heads ignite and they just like go flying in, in different directions. And if you are like 19 years old, it's endlessly entertaining. The problem is, and I didn't think of this until much later, like we got very lucky that that thing didn't ignite while we were while we were cramming match heads into it. Holy shit. I don't I don't think I, I didn't think about that. I thought that never occurred to me at all. You no, know, being the the fire bomb bomb making expert at like 18 years old. It didn't, it didn't occur to me that that could happen because the instructions didn't say that that would happen. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Those Jolly Roger instructions that we had. Right. But I mean, you know, all we had to do was take this ball and throw it hard on a, on a road and, and, and it ignited. So it wouldn't have taken much to ignite that match in the upstairs of my house. Right. And probably set the whole damn house on fire. My, uh, my recollection is that we had to throw it like two or three times though, right? Oh, did we? I'm pretty sure it was okay, at that's... least two times. Okay. Yeah. That's pop. So maybe it's a little bit more difficult to ignite than, yeah. than we think. Well, okay. It Disclaimer. If you, if you decide to do this, do it outside somewhere. Don't do it in the house. And and actually, I this 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 might be another thing I'm going to add to the list of stuff for me to do with my kids this summer. <laughs> That's good parenting, right? It is. <laughs> I do. I do. I do remember. 
uh, one of the people that was doing with it, doing it with us was our friend, Chris. And he said, Hey guys, um, so, you know, once we got, once we got the ball full, it was hard to like cram more matches into it because, you know, you wanted it as full as you could, but obviously you had to, you know, eventually you're running out of room. And Chris said, Hey guys, I'm the first person to ever say this sentence. Give me that pen cap so I can cram this match head into the tennis ball with it. <laughs> we, we, were, we were just using like the cap of a Bic pen to cram these match heads into the tennis ball. Which is, yeah, and it's, I, just extraordinarily, it's just an extraordinarily bad idea. We all took turns crammed mm-hmm. in the, the match. We did. Because we had to keep the hole that we cut in the tennis ball pretty small. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you wanted to like hold up the integrity of the ball. Right. You know, you didn't want this wide open, wide open gash, right. but yeah. So, so it's really almost dumb luck that you're even able to listen to this podcast today because we could have just as easily have been killed making this tennis ball bomb burned back up. in 1996 or whatever, 97, whenever it was. Um, I do kind of want to try it again though. I know. Right. Okay. Um, this, okay. So when was the last time you were at the 49er drive-in? Uh, when we all saw mission impossible two. Holy cow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that was, Which was what like, Early, early 2000s. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So you've been, it's been a long time. I, I went a couple years ago and I'm hoping to go this summer. Mm -hmm. Um, they're showing, they're showing old movies. They, they, they have, they're kind of going back and forth, but this week the movies they are showing at the drive-in are the Goonies and Gremlins and gremlins back like back to back back to back that's the night oh, goonies yeah. and gremlins okay so if you have kids turn down the radio right now because what i'm about to say is not child appropriate and i don't want to ruin anything so turn down the radio for a minute or two and this is just stuff that children should not hear so I don't want them to hear it and I don't want to, I don't want the responsibility of anything. So I'll give you like five seconds to turn down the radio. Take my word for it. Turn down the radio. It's, it's a life changing thing here that I don't want to be responsible for. So <clears throat> the second movie they're showing is Gremlins. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you saw Gremlins? Uh, about a year and a half ago. Okay. Do you know what I'm going to say? Well, I, if you insult it, I'm, I'll, I'll beat your ass, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to insult it, but when the, when the girl is telling the story about how her dad died. Oh, yeah. And she goes through this whole entire thing about how her dad died. Mm-hmm. And it's this really intense moment of the movie. Like she's telling this whole story. And then at the end of the story, she says, and that's how I found out there's no. Right. Yeah. 
you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. right? It's something that every child comes to terms with, but it's just like out of the blue. Like there's no, in, in like Gremlins, I always thought of as like kind of a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just like out of the blue. They're just like, that's how I found out. And it's like, shouldn't there be a warning about that? Like you should, you should be able to like tell there should be like some common thing that all parents agree on. Like, okay, we're going to ruin stuff right here for your kids. So let them know, get them out of here or skip this part or something, you know? Right. They, I, they kind of assume that you already know, but I mean, is that based on the, what the movie was rated? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it could be that maybe they're saying that, you know, but I guarantee with cute little gizmo, you had kids who went to see that movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I, I watched it a few years ago and I actually, um, went back and read Roger Ebert's review of it. Cause I, I love reading Roger Ebert's reviews of everything And Roger Ebert's original review of it actually does mention it, but it, it mentions it in a way that a kid reading it wouldn't understand, but a parent reading it would, would understand like, okay, we have to like, be careful of that part, right. you know? Um, but you know, if all adults have gotten together to tell this story, there should be, and like everybody agrees what the story is, there should be a way that all adults have gotten together to like warn people of when the story is going to be ruined. But that doesn't exist. Right. You know, like if, if, if everybody knew like in a movie when you're about to do this, you said like a certain string of words or something. I don't know. Because it happens in Big Fish too. Did you ever see the movie Big Fish? No. It was a Tim Burton movie. Right. And um, I liked it because that's where the Pearl Jam song Man of the Hour comes from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is the extent of my knowledge on the movie. Okay. I, I, but there, the basic gist of it I get, I just never watched it. Okay. It, it's a really good movie. And I just watched it again. I mean, just probably. Um, well, it was more than five years ago, probably six or seven years ago. And um, it, there's a moment in the movie that like ruins everything big time, like everything big time. And it's just like kind of out of the blue. And like, luckily I had a, a remote that I could just like fast forwards, fast forward it real quick. But it's just interesting to me that like, you know, not that I expect filmmakers to, to worry that much about it but just the fact that we haven't come up with a way to put kind of like a a, like a modified trigger warning on it you know i don't know yeah yeah i don't know i mean maybe if you maybe they assume that you let your kids watch kid appropriate movies you know but well well, shit i mean (laughs) was was marketed towards kids but when you like watch it like I use this word loosely, but it's kind of scary. I mean, like, yeah, it really is. The goddamn gremlins, while like funny, I mean, if if a fucking gremlin walked in my house, I'm freaking out. I mean, 
Hell yeah. Right? Like, those things, those well, things are evil and destructive. And like yeah, they're, they're gross looking. They're monstrous. And if I heard like, if, like if I heard like a creeping in my hallway and kiss no caca, like I, <laughs> I, I shit. <laughs> okay. Well, here, here's another public service announcement from more later. If you're worried about gremlins showing up, just get water. They hate water, right? N- no, don't fucking get water. No. Oh shit! No water makes them multiply. This is the like basics of it. It's like, oh shit! How can there were fucking instructions and people still fucked it up? You just fucked it up, man. <laughs> you just made gremlins. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't fucking get water on them. Don't feed them after midnight. Okay. I mean, that's... well, what kills them? Sunlight. Yeah. Yeah. step away to turn down the air conditioning all this gremlin talk is getting me uh all worried and i'm getting too hot right and so uh, okay so sunlight is what destroys them right and well it's don't expose them to uh bright lights because it kills them but i mean it's really actually the rules for the uh mogwai gizmo because it would kill gizmo and you don't want to kill him the uh okay light will kill him you don't want to all right well, maybe i'll go back and watch gremlins so i'm a little more brushed up on it yeah and don't get him wet i'm but that fucking B- billy asshole who like almost <laughs> called the crumble of the uh, entire country all three of those <laughs> I I do remember Billy. I do remember that 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 was that kid's name, Billy. And I in the hate him. I I thought he was such a fuck up. Yeah. Like, even as a fucking like seven year old kid, I watched it. I was like, "What's up with this guy? Like, <laughs> what a loser! How come he can't get this shit right?" Yeah. All right. Well. I, I have, I guess I have more sympathy for Billy right now because I just messed up the water thing. So, <laughs> but, but in, in fairness to myself, I wasn't just given instructions. I was remembering, you know, seven years ago when I saw the movie or whatever right. it was. Now I never watched the second one. Uh, oh, I forgot there was a second yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I don't know because of okay now I am a sucker for sequels okay I mean I mean I've watched all the Rockies Rambo's Lethal Weapons Nightmare on Elm Street Friday the Third whatever okay but for some reason for me like Gremlins Two was pushing it. for those reasons i just said earlier like you you have three simple things to fucking follow and some and like i like i have no clue how gremlins 2 like happens but some asshole probably billy fucked it up again (laughs) right it was like crystal clear right well um 
yeah, I mean, some 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 sequels just shouldn't be made, right. and you know, the Gremlins is is one of them. But um, th- when I think of Gremlins, I always think of, and you mentioned it before, like the Gremlins is one of the movies that is the reason we have PG thirteen before, right? Or, or now because it used to just be G, P, G, and R mm-hmm. and and X. Mm-hmm. But like G, P, G, and R, but then like people complained about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which we talked about before in that freaky part where they're eating in like that temple or whatever, and there's eyeball soup, which scares the hell out of me and scared the hell hell out of my daughter. Um, That and Gremlins, both of which received PG ratings, but people thought, like, uh, that's a little bit more than PG, but it's not as extreme as R. So then Steven Spielberg suggested like, hey, why don't you come up with this new thing, PG-13? Which, you know, they they then established because, you know, PG, PG, I mean, Steven Spielberg can do whatever the hell he wants. But I, until I heard like the genesis of that and where it came from, I for years could not remember which is worse, PG or PG thirteen. I think PG, isn't it G PG thirteen PG R? No, you're a fool, just like I was. PG thirteen is between PG and R. Oh, okay. But and here's the confusion that I always had because I think of okay, PG is parental guidance, right? PG-13 is parental guidance for those under 13. Mm -hmm. So to me, it makes sense that parental guidance would be worse than PG-13. Parental guidance, you're saying parental guidance for all children, but for PG-13, you're saying parental guidance for all those kids under 13. But to me, PG should include like 14, 15, 16, but it doesn't. And it it doesn't... to me, it doesn't make sense. I think you and I are right in thinking that it should go G, PG-13, PG, and R. Right. I mean, but that's not how it goes. Like, of course we're right. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. Of course we're right. And like, what the hell does Steven Spielberg know? Right. Come on. Fuck. We're going to listen to him just because he makes movies like Jaws right. and E.T. Yeah, and- I mean... But you're playing the greatest hits, though. I mean, <laughs> give me something recent. <laughs> um, what was the he? Didn't he do an animated dog movie a few years ago? Um, I don't know. I just he like recently, like he's crying about movies on streaming, and he doesn't want them nominated for like Oscars or I, I don't know, some fucking bullshit. I, I don't know. Oh, really? Fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, well, um, I'm trying to see. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's had some real bummers lately, but to me, if, if you've, if we're getting ready to watch draw, we watch jaws every summer. I watch it with my kids and we have, this will be like the fifth or sixth year in a row that we've watched jaws and we were going to watch it last night, but we decided not to. But I can't, I mean, that's one movie. I It just doesn't matter how many times I see it. I love that movie yeah. so much. Um, so, And he did Jurassic Park, too. Yeah. Never watched either of them. 
What? I've never watched either movie. You've never seen Jaws? I I have only watched parts of it. Oh my god. I'm not sure why How? I haven't. I it might have been one of those movies where like my mom wouldn't allow me to watch, but then my dad wouldn't would let me watch Death Wish or some <laughs> right. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There were some weird, well there was some odd odd uh, entertainment logic in the <laughs> but mainly the my father undermining my mom so yeah. <laughs> that's that's totally the same right. totally the same thing in the baker right. household um, um but like in jurassic park it it, it was one of those things it's 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 my terminator 2 it was like so hyped that I right. kind of rebelled against. I'm like, I'm not fucking watching this thing. Like, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I should watch it. And I mean, with my current love of movies, I'm all over it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, I, I didn't watch Jurassic Park for the first time until probably 10 years ago. No, maybe no, not, no. maybe not quite that long ago. I, I had never seen it. My kids actually ended up seeing it before me. And telling me like, oh, you have to watch this. It's so good. And and like, it is so good. I love it so much. But it's one of the, and it's become one of those movies. There's only, there's only really three that I can think of. Uh, Jaws, Jurassic Park, and this animated movie called Over the Hedge that we watch literally every year. Like there's a time that we watch them. And we just watched Over the Hedge a couple of weeks ago. But, and we'll watch Jaws and Jurassic Park in the next couple, couple of weeks. But I mean, Jurassic Park is it's a good like blockbuster action film, mm-hmm. but Jaws is just like a, a freaking fantastic film. Right. And it's it's especially to, good to watch now because you see the business people in the town don't want to shut down the town because they're worried about losing money. And the sheriff is saying, hey, if you don't shut down the beach, people are going to die because the shark is going to eat them. Oh, it is. And now relevant. you see people, you know, it's relevant now with people not wanting to shut down because they don't want to lose money because, you know, eh, so some people will die from coronavirus. Who cares? At least we're going to have, you know, a good year, whatever. So anyway, um, when you have your when you have your movie marathon, add Jaws to it. Or maybe we'll just force you to come over and watch it with us so you can get an appreciation for it. My daughter is 10 or she's nine. She will be 10. And the, when the next, she's probably seen Jaws like five times and she loves it. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad that that's a movie that's making an impact on her. Excellent. Hey, so, um, not to move backwards, but Gremlins for me is a Christmas movie. Oh yeah, because it you, takes place during Christmas, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you like like I'll watch it year round? Well, I mean, well, obviously haven't watched it. I uh, in about a year and a half, but meaning I would watch it if it's on, right? But I. T- but I own it also. I tend to pop it in. Oh, do you? Yeah, I tend to pop it in around the holidays. So, yeah. Do you? Um, 
it, like that, it, that's one of those movies. I think I've only seen it once in like the last 25 or 30 years, mm-hmm. just that one time. Right. Um, but most Christmas movies, like you're not going to watch year round though. Right. Like you consider that a Christmas movie, but like, you're not going to watch it's a wonderful life right now, or you're not going to watch one of your five dozen Christmas Carol movies that you like. Correct. Right now. Yeah. I mean like movies that are like, those are like true Christmas movies. And the, you know, I believe that the movies we talk about are, are kind of like pseudo Christmas movies. Like gremlins to me is a year rounder. Uh, right. Die hard is a year rounder. Um, yeah. Uh, Lethal weapon is a year rounder. Uh, um, yeah. Um, Does lethal weapon take, take place during Christmas? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And, then invasion USA is a year. So, so what are there a lot of people who think invasion USA is a Christmas? What, movie? what throws people off is that it takes place at Christmas in, uh, uh, Miami, I think it is. So, I mean, there's like no snow. So people think it's not Christmas, but, Yeah, but there are Christmas decorations in it. <laughs> is, is that the, is it, I, I think we might have talked about this before, but is Invasion USA the movie where somebody's doing cocaine through a straw and then somebody else comes up and hits them on the back of the head and the straw goes through their nose and they just start bleeding all over the place? I think so. I think so. Like, okay. I think so. I haven't watched it in ages, but I okay. believe so. there Because there, there are like, there are a few movies where from my... <laughs> from my childhood <laughs> right invasion usa is 1985 so you know i saw it when i was seven or eight years old and i re- i vividly remember like somebody just hitting the guy on the back of the head and it just going up through his nose and you know of course that was the beginning of the mayhem in that scene um i should i should watch that again um what was the other chuck norris movie invasion usa and um, whoa, 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 whoa! What are you talking about? Like you, you just said movie, like, <laughs> like there's girl? only one. Like, no. oh no, 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 no! I'm thinking missing, missing in action, and and the Delta Force. Oh. Okay, those three, I think, all go together. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to to insult Chuck, yeah. Chuck Norris. Who, who turns 80 this year who's 80 now by the way talk about like separating the the uh art from the artist <laughs> yeah no kidding no kidding guy wants fucking texas to be its own country <laughs> come on chuck well i mean you know, you're not watching Chuck Norris movies for the intellectual right. uh, appeal of them. You know, know, you're watching him, watching them to see him kick some ass. I know so. one of the best from that era is uh, uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid. Did you ever watch that? <laughs> no, I don't remember that oh my, one. It's so 1983. So fucking awesome, man! It has it, one of the best like uh, uh, movie martial arts. Uh, fights with um, Chuck Norris and David Carradine. Um, okay, yeah, David Carradine, and it had oh, it's so fucking odd. I mean, because Chuck's a lone wolf, right? So, 
<laughs> but there's a great scene where he, he has has this like Ford Bronco or this big ass like truck, okay? And he, he he's a Texas Ranger shocker, and he gets f- fucking beat up, okay? Because they cheated. He totally would have kicked their ass, but he got cheap shotted, okay? That that always pissed me off as a kid. <laughs> then they like put him in the truck and they fucking bury the truck. So, oh my gosh, he just happens to have a six pack of beer with him. So he's like <laughs> suffocating and he's thirsty and he fucking opens up this can of beer, like pours it all over him and puts his truck in a turbo and like drives from up underground. It's <laughs> now that. It, that beats anything Spielberg ever made. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what Lone Wolf McQuaid. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. It's fucking great. All right. Well, I will have to. Uh, I'll definitely have to check that out. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. I that seems like. I mean, the movie sounds familiar, so it's possible that maybe I saw it when I was a kid, but. 1983, I was only five. Even if I did see it, I'd, I'm not going to remember that. Um, but two other movies that I remember from when I was a kid was, was is one where this guy gets electrocuted by over the telephone. This guy was killing people by electrocuting them over the telephone, and I was able to track that one down, and it's called Murder by Phone, and I watched that a couple years ago, and it was great. And the other one is this movie where people on a beach, go in a guillotine and get their heads chopped off and then they're walking around with no heads. Was it a comedy I, you know what, or horror huh? movie? I, I have no idea. I, I think it's a comedy, but I'm not sure. And that's all I remember about it. And if anybody can tell me what the name of that movie is, I've done many Google searches trying to figure out what that is. And I have no idea. Hmm. Murder by phone was pretty easy to figure out. But the 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 movie with people getting their heads chopped off on a beach and then walking around with no heads. That's tough to figure out. Oh, I lost you here, man. I don't hear you. Hang on one second. For some reason, it it says recording in progress, but I'm not hearing anything you say. And it is, you are not highlighted. So let's give it a minute and see if it'll just pick it back up. So let's, let's set this up. So we were, we were recording, we were like 58 or 59 minutes Mm -hmm. into it. Right. And our, uh, our recording malfunctioned and it seemed to be recording me, but it wasn't recording you. And we thought we lost the entire thing. And I was just about ready to throw my computer against the wall, but then we figured out a way to save my recording and save your recording. And now we're just doing a new recording to finish it up. And I think we were talking about Lone Wolf McQuaid. Yeah. And I, I think I was going to talk about David Carradine. Then I said I transitioned into earlier. Earlier, you had mentioned the word hedge. Okay. Oh, over the hedge, the movie. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. So when I hear the word hedge as a verb, I don't quite. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't quite know what it means. So. When a person says, I want to hedge, hedge a bet uh-huh. or 
like hedge fund and and I've looked into it. I don't fucking understand what like hedge fund or like hedge a bet means. Okay, so <laughs> okay, so I a hedge fund. We'll get we'll get to that in a minute because I'm not really certain on that. But like to hedge your bets, I think is means to like minimize your risk. Okay. So if um okay, so if you're Pete Rose, okay, bets Pete Rose, of course, and you're the manager of the Reds and you're playing against the Cubs in 1988 and you want to put all of your money, you want to put $500 down on the Reds, but you also want to be sure you win a little something. Maybe you'll put $100 down, $100 down on the Cubs just to hedge your bets a little bit. So you're, you're lessening your risk just a little bit. Okay. And now a hedge fund, I, I'm, I, this is complete like trying to recall what I read back in like the 2008 financial crisis. But like, I think a hedge fund is you are investing money against the idea that something will not be as profitable as you expect it to be. I think, but I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. Let's just ignore that part because I, I I missed that day of business school. So um, I don't really know what a hedge fund is. But hedge your bets just means to minimize your risk. Okay. To not minimize, but lessen your risk. Right. So over the head, but over the hedge, they just mean a bush. Right, like right, right. A, a big, you know, hedgerow or whatever. Right. Um. Uh, I didn't think we were going to talk about hedge funds this this episode. Yeah, but yeah, that's, we we're getting all like business like. That's the beauty of the More Later podcast. I know. I I actually personally know from my main employment one of the only people prosecuted for the 2008 financial crisis. Really a a guy who did certain things and then uh decided to leave that all behind and take a different career path and um we kind of got to know each other a little bit and it was um weird to know this guy is this one thing and then read the story in the new york times about his life a couple of years before and he seemed like a completely different person well he Ask him what a hedge fund is. <laughs> I he 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 left a couple of years ago off to something bigger and better. Oh. But um he he would definitely know. And if you if you typed his name into the Google, um he's he's definitely well known. And it's just one of those things that like the the sep the the distinction between like the, the public perception of a person and the personal perception of a person is just quite interesting but anyway um should we get into david carradine or should we just let that slide uh i don't know i mean let's let him rest in peace yeah 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 if if you 
David like Carradine certain things and that's okay. I mean That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. And, it, but some things just don't work out the way that you want them to. But anybody that knows what we're talking about or you, if you research it don't judge the the action just always use a buddy system. <laughs> Try that without the buddy. It doesn't make you any weirder. It just that technique requires a buddy system. Just like you don't try to max out on bench press without a spotter. You don't want to use that technique without a buddy. That this is, is my favorite. This is by far my favorite moment of the entire podcast. Forty nine episodes. This is the best. Today's life lesson. <laughs> okay, now a little clarification. Yes, you and I are buddies. Mm-hmm. It has never reached that point. No, but let's just say that you don't know this from firsthand experience with me. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. But <laughs> but I'll tell you, rock solid advice, if, though. If I venture <laughs> to that area, I'm calling you. I mean, there's no shame. I just, hey, man. I mean, don't touch me unless. That I I don't know what to say. Nothing nothing I say is going to be worth that. Do people go scuba diving on their own? Possibly, but not amateurs. I mean, (laughs) just makes sense. You would have thought, as a celebrity, maybe he would have ran into Michael Hutchins at one point, right? And the two of them could have helped each other out. Yes. I mean, really, because they both ran into the same problem. I know, and it's and it's sad. I mean, it is. They're just trying to push boundaries, and there's nothing wrong with exploring right. boundaries and, and and totally like pushing it. But for you, sure, you fucking got to be safe about that shit. And that's the that's the like sad thing is that like you know you're taking like one of the best feelings ever anyway. Right. Trying to ramp it up a little bit. And then it's just the end of the story. Right. You know, it's, ah, man. All right. Well, RIP David Carradine and RIP Michael Hutchins. Okay. Let's hear, let's, how, we did not even know that we were going to talk about David Carradine. Right. One of the things that I had on the list of things to talk about tonight was the song Mediate. Do you remember this song? Oh, absolutely. It's an In Excess song. Michael Hutchins, for those of you who don't know, was the lead singer of In Excess. And this song, Mediate, I remember the video because isn't this the video that it just had people... um, Am I remembering this correctly? That just had like the cards with the lyrics to the song? Yes, it it came up at the end of... Of, of I need you tonight. Okay, 
And so mediate the entire song, every lyric to the song is a word that ends in A-T-E, mm-hmm. which is just almost every lyric, right. almost every lyric. But I had forgotten all about the song. And then I was driving the other day uh, on 80, on 94 and needed something new to listen to. So I, I started with Devil Inside and Need You Tonight and then Mediate came up. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I haven't listened to this song forever. And it's such a good song. It is. And it just reminds me of like, you know, how many songs have you forgotten about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that like if if you would just you 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 forgot about it, but if it came on, you would instantly be taken to a place or you would instantly know the lyrics, even if you haven't sung sung the lyric, lyrics for 15 or 20 years or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, it would just be so great. The uh, in excess catalog is worth getting into. I, Michael Hutchins had one of the best, f- you know frontman voices and in, in pop i mean he, he yeah just sing his ass off um, yeah yes so it's worth pointing out that uh, if you're gonna listen to mediate then afterwards um check out bob dylan's subterranean homesick blues um how do those go together because mediate is kind of uh ode to that song. Ode to that. Okay. Yeah. I love Bob Dylan, but I don't know Bob Dylan as well as I should. I know like, yeah. you know, watch both of them on, on um, YouTube. Okay. Okay. And there's a video for it. He, he made a video for it. Um, and it's an older song. Cool. Yeah. My, my, um, my old boss at work grew up in Minnesota mm-hmm. and her older sister babysat for Bob Dylan's younger, younger siblings. Holy which, shit. Yeah. Is beyond cool to me, but, and she said she just knew him as little, little Bobby Zimmerman or whatever his name was. <sighs> little Bobby Zimmerman, little Bobby Zimmerman down the road. And he became Bob Dylan. Wow. <sighs> <clears throat> All right, so we made it through another one. Yes. And uh is, is are you drinking a chilled a chilled drink tonight? The um bourbon buck was totally chilled. Um and it um I'm drinking it from a copper mug. Nice. Which is what you want to drink a buck uh drink in because uh I mean it gets cold cold faster and it can retain that coolness but i mean why bother with the copper m- m- uh, mug to keep cold in when you can just simply use lang ice okay lang ice kept this drink nice and cold the whole time and there are three ice cubes left that i will chew on shortly so uh you know once again Make your drink happy, make your mouth happy, laying ice. Absolutely. And you know who knows that firsthand right now, I bet, is is Derek, because he did not buy laying ice. He I was know. stuck with he, their uh, competitor's ice. He obviously half-assed it, and he... 
learned his lesson. He totally probably learned his lesson. Sorry, Derek. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. Don't half-ass it next time. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Tell a friend, don't half-ass it, and be back here on Monday when we will be back here too with another episode of More Later. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.